Hello, I'm Sheriff Chad Bianco, and welcome to another episode of the RSO Roundup. Today, we probably have a show that a lot of people are going to want to listen to, a lot of people have been waiting for, and I certainly have had a lot of uh, people reach out to me and ask for me to talk about this. But today, we have with us Corporal Larry Searles, who runs our Concealed Weapons Division, and he's in charge of overseeing all of our applicants and our CCW permits. Uh, Larry, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Sheriff. Outstanding. Uh, just like always, before we get into the topic, tell us a little bit about yourself. We're we're just regular people. Uh, we're just cops at work. So tell us about the regular Larry Searles and how you got to this point. Oh, okay. Um, well, my name is Larry Searles. Um, been with the Sheriff's Department about 22 years, and uh, I've enjoyed every bit of it. Um, I'm now assigned to the Concealed Weapons Division. Um, a lot of fun. Very busy. Um, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Pamela, and I have three beautiful kids, and I have a beautiful grandson, and I spend a lot of time traveling back and forth to Arizona. Outstanding. It was a new grandson, recently new. That is that is correct. Yeah, social media, I saw the pictures. <laughs> Very good. Proud grandpa. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah, I know. I know that feeling. Uh, everyone can tell just by your accent, you're from here. No, I'm not. <laughs> no. What's the accent? Well, um, I'm actually, uh, I immigrated to the United States from a small island in the Caribbean, the island of Grenada, um, at a young age, about 10, and I grew up on the East Coast in New York. So that's, that's how it all started. Very nice. We all come from somewhere. It's, it's it, I mean, when it when originally, a couple of years ago when we were really talking and talking about backgrounds and where we came from and everything, it's, it's fascinating for me to, to hear those stories because you just... Uh, you just, I just know you from here. I don't know where you came from, but when you hear those stories, everybody's got a story. It's nice. Yeah. And and it all brought us to here. It did. Very good. So how long have you been in the CCW unit? Uh, about five years. Yes. I've been assigned there about five years. Um, uh, started there. Um, I was transferred from the uh, special enforcement team down in the southwest, the Temecula Station. And uh, that's when I, I began uh, learning the ins and outs of the CCW world. Very nice. So, and you have your hands full. I know how busy you are over there and uh, you pretty much get run ragged. Yes, it is very busy. It is, a, it is quite an operation. Um, but uh, about three years ago when we met, um, you, you, you had a vision and you said, Larry, we're going to go with this. And one of the biggest things that uh, uh, we did um, and you said go with it was uh, we went digital. Mm -hmm. We went online and that um, has paid dividends to where we were and where we are now. Yeah, so a little bit of a background just for this process. So for everyone out there listening, if you're listening and you have no idea what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, the the permit to be able to carry a concealed weapon. And that permit is issued by the sheriff's department, by me as the sheriff. Uh, there are police chiefs that can do it also, but for the most part, they relegate it, that that authority and that process to us, which, which is fine. We I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but historically, um, it's always been a paper application. It's always been a very tedious, long paper application. And uh, when I came on board, you know, we really looked at it and said, what do we need and what we don't need? And we basically just followed exactly what the state requires, nothing more. And uh, going digital was, was a game changer. Uh, we, we saved a lot of trees. Yes, we did. And the, the time and effort that that has to be put in by the investigators in doing these backgrounds was just substantially reduced. Yes. Made it much easier. Yes. Um, a little bit on that. Um, three years ago, 
if a citizen in our county would call the CCW uh, division and request an appointment, um, it's staggering. The appointment was about 18 months away. Um, once we introduced uh, the digital, um, once we went with the vision of what you wanted, um, and actually in about four to five months, we were able to cut that down to 120 days for a citizen to call. Um, it goes back to, again, only what the state required, um, cuts the work down for the investigator, and the processing time was probably cut about 75%. Yeah, it's amazing. Technology. We can we, we should be using technology for everything, but this was certainly one of those arenas that, that made our job easier. And really, we should have been making it easier for the public. That was the ultimate goal, was how can we streamline this process to make it easier for people, more convenient for people, and then at the same time, it makes our job easier also. Yes. Um, it goes back to um, building relationship with the community. Um, the folks that come see us in our office, um, we're, we're not, they're just not folks just coming in and we're processing something. We're building a relationship with them. Um, I shared with this with someone earlier. Um, when they pick up their permit, they're very excited. And um, it, it's, it's an excitement that I wish people could see when you hand it to them. Um, and they ask me, well, well, what do I do now, Larry? What do I do? I said, just remember one thing. Um, that permit that you have, which you just stated, um, it's issued on your behalf. The penal code allows the chief executive officer, law enforcement officer, to issue that on behalf of the state. Um, I said, the permit you're carrying, the card in your wallet, is the same as mine. It has the sheriff's name on it. Always remember that, and you'll be perfectly fine. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. That's a good way to look at it. So I, I am a firm believer in, um, in CCWs and the right to carry, the right to carry responsibly. Uh, I do believe that we should have permits. I, I was speaking earlier today. I was at another function where I was speaking, and someone asked me, uh, you know, this is why do you have to have CCWs? You know, it's our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. It says it right there. And I said, well, that's nice, and I, I agree it says that. But, however, from my perspective, from a law enforcement perspective, uh, even if you go back to the days of the Old West, there were certain towns that when you rode into town carrying your gun, you turned in your guns to the sheriff's office, and when you left town, you picked them up and you rode out of town. But while you were in that town, it was a gun-free zone. And those, those certain towns were well-known. So if you, you can call it a little bit of, of uh, gun control, if you will, responsible gun control, uh, even back then at the very formation of our country when we were moving west. So I think the, the purpose is more to uh, keep law-abiding citizens to have that ability and us know who it is. So I, and, I, and I said this morning, there's never been a criminal that has come and asked me for permission to carry a gun. I don't, I don't think they've ever come to you either and gone through the unit and said, hey, I just got out of prison. You want to give me a CCW so I can go hang out with Absol all my friends absolutely again? Absolutely not. Yeah, that doesn't happen. So it's just a process so we can ensure that uh, that if you're if you're not prevented from possessing a handgun either legally or mentally, and you want to do that responsibly, then we are going to authorize you that we're going to give you that permission after you do the 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 minimal testing that's required, a little class, a safety class, and, and a qualification course, and then we will allow you to do that responsibly. Part of your job, part of your investigator's job is maintaining those CCWs also. So it's a, it's a process. Every, single, every two years, every they have to years. renew. 
renew. So we're we're pushing eighteen thousand. If we haven't hit eighteen thousand yet, right? We're not quite there yet, but we are pushing it. Um, we're getting very very close. Yeah. Um, just some numbers. Uh, in two thousand and twenty-one, we actually processed a staggering number of seven thousand four hundred and ninety ninety-six or ninety-seven permits in twenty twenty-one. In just the year of twenty twenty-one. Um, the highest year prior um, to you taking office, I think, was 853 permits. So we, we, are, we are pushing it. We're close. Um, you know, I, t I take pride in, in working in there and um, just a little friendly competition throughout the, the state with some of my, uh, my buddies that uh, coordinate other CCW units. Um, there's still a, a couple places ahead of us, but we're, we're neck and neck, and we just took over a couple places as well. I won't name names, yeah. but we are, we are almost there. We are doing very, very well. Yes, and it goes to me, it goes to show the, the community, I don't want to call it a demand, but it's a, it's a community interest, it's a, it's a, a request, uh, there, and there really is a, a large demand of law-abiding citizens that want to carry guns. Now, our detractors... My detractors are going to say that I'm just flooding the streets with guns and uh, how irresponsible it is. But you all take your job very seriously in making sure that that investigation that you're doing on each and every one of those these applicants, that you're not putting your name on the approval with the approval stamp on that when it comes to me, that you've done your homework and, and you know that you're you're giving that person to someone that that should have it. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes in, in the background even before it gets to, gets to you. Um, we, we have uh, not only, we'll go back a little bit to the digital process that we started. Um, you, you actually enabled us and, and, and hired staffing for us, which mm -hmm. we greatly needed. Um, the staffing that, that was hired are very seasoned investigators, 30 plus years of law enforcement. They know what they're looking for. And when they put their name on the recommended box of that application to send it to the office, um, they feel comfortable knowing that they can stand in a grocery line next to this person. They can sit in a restaurant next to this person. Or if something happens in a community, this person will respond appropriately. Um, so we do take a lot of pride, and we know that um, not only is your, your name on, on that card, but we're the ones that are recommending it. So it, 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 it means a lot that when we submit one for recommendation, it does mean Absolutely. And, and for, the, for the public, we don't approve every one of them. Oh, no. And, and I'm, I'm very happy to say that we don't approve every one of them because there are some people that, while they may want them, they've just shown a propensity to not deserve it, maybe. Um, one of the things that, you know, many of the, the discussions that we have of, of, the, of the ones that are not approved, uh, one of my big things, even in, for, for deputies, uh, my kids, whatever it is, it's honesty. You've got to be honest. If you can't be honest... That's the basis and the core of your integrity of what's going to happen should, God forbid, you have to use a gun to protect yourself or, or someone else. We're, if you can't be honest in the application process, how do we expect you to be honest in the investigation afterward? And so I know that a lot of times people will come in and apply and they'll conveniently leave out some information that they think might look bad. And you guys do a great job of finding that information. And, and those are the ones that we, we end up denying because they, they just can't be honest. Yes, and it does come to something very important. Um, it's good moral character. And um, especially when you're carrying a concealed firearm in the public, 
Um, it, it, it means the world. We do make mistakes. We're human beings. And throughout life, a lot of folks make mistakes. But we have to, we have to look at the distance between when it happened and what happened. And if you're up front, um, absolutely we will work with you. But good moral character means the world for us recommending for you, sir, to actually issue that permit. Yeah, and I, I want to throw some examples out there because as you're talking that, some are popping into my head. I mean, we know the we know the problem children that we have that, that throw out the lawyers and they're going to sue us and everything else. And one of those in particular, he claims to be this law-abiding, law upstanding person, but the reason we denied him was because he isn't necessarily that. He was doing some shady things. And he, um, you know, in my conversations with him, you know, he was he, basically what a great guy he is. And he's a business owner and all of these things he do, he does. And that I'm 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 attacking him and I'm um, saying that, you know, he's not a he doesn't have good moral character. He threw that out there because that's why he was denied. And I I use that to him. I said, well, did you tell us the truth about this, this and this? And he hem haws around it and everything else. And I said, well, that honesty is good moral character. Morals are whether or not you're honest or not. And if you don't have that, we can't really give that to you. And along those same lines, uh, one one gentleman in particular was, I can't remember the exact age, but he was either a late teenager or maybe in his early 20s. Um, he was convicted of a, some type of a theft. And um, I, I, gosh, I can't even remember what it was, but it, it was nothing to prevent him from having a firearm. But he was in his, I believe he was in his 50s. So we had like 25, close to 30 years in between when he did something wrong. Yes. And the rest of his life has been nothing but an upstanding, productive member of society. And he was very upfront with all of that. He was afraid he wasn't going to get it because of that, that conviction. And we issued him that permit. I actually remember that one. Um, he was very nervous, very thought, you know, this was going to be a horrible process for him. And um, I actually spoke to him and explained to him, look at when it happened and look now. Um, if we have someone that comes in and shows a pattern of every three to five years of doing something, that ra raises a red flag with our investigators. Um, and they're very seasoned. But if someone has done something 30 years ago, um, I do hold a, a class for, for realtors in the county. And... Um, I explained to them there was a gentleman in 1957 had a DUI in Kansas. And we do find out things. Um, he was shocked. I was shocked. I didn't know they had DUIs in Kansas in 1957. Um, but it happened so long ago. And his explanation that he, he actually typed out and explained it, the deputy threw him in the back of a pickup truck and drove him home that day. So that it does explain. Um, some folks, things like that happen, they can't remember. But when it comes down to it, um, good moral character is, is really what it's based on. Absolutely. So, so with that, let's go through the process of, of what it entails to, uh, to apply with us. We make it very, very easy. We've already mentioned the online uh, application. So you go to our website, go to the very bottom. There's the little icon with the little CCW icon. Yep. You click on that, and it takes you to basically a self-explanatory fill out this form. Yes. It, just like ordering something on Amazon. Some generic information about yourself takes you through about 16 questions, which used to be probably 50 plus um, that the state requires. Um, 16 questions, you answer them. Um, you fill out some demographics about yourself. Um, but it comes down to when you get to that one point that we always work with folks and we always chat about it. 
Um, it's your reasoning. Mm-hmm. It's your good cause. Um, so it's pretty simple. It'll probably take about less than 10 minutes to fill out the application online and then select an appointment date and make, make a payment. Yeah. And then once you meet with us, the process begins. So when we talking about time and how easy it is, I, I went through this just so I could make sure I was giving people the right information. Mm-hmm. And when we implemented this, I got on, I, I did a test one. Uh, I didn't use all my own information. I used one for a test, but it took me nine minutes. It took me nine minutes to go through the application, fill everything out. Uh, you have to upload your driver's license. You have to upload proof of residency, things like that. But those are clicks of the mouse, That's and they're, they're so easy. The application is simple. Uh, the computer assigns you a date, and then you have to take a class. Yes. You sign up. We have how many? Do you, off the top of your head, do you know how many vendors we have now? Right now, we have 18 private vendors. Okay, so you can either sign up through us to take that class, that uh, the, the safety class and the training class through us, or you can take it through one of our vendors. And once that's done, you qualify. You come in for your interview, and we make sure you are who you say you are, and uh, that that personal interaction that we have, that uh, the investigator blood in you comes out and makes sure that that per- you you feel like that person's telling you the truth, and everybody might be a little bit shaky and a little bit nervous, but we've we've learned over the years how to tell whether or not someone's trying to hide something from us. That is true. I, I think the biggest part of that whole process is exactly what you said. It's that simple. Um, you have to live scan fingerprint, and it's a requirement that the state has. So after you meet with us um, and you meet all the prerequisites, just like you said, easy stuff, upload your birth certificate or whatever it may be, um, we give you the instructions to go live scan at one of our sheriff's facilities. And the reason we do that is because we're able to track it because we don't want our citizens to be out money. If you go to a postal annex or UPS, we don't get the results. We cannot go and fight on your behalf to a private um, company. If it's with the sheriff's department, we'll fix it. We'll fix it in-house. Yeah. Um, so we, we do a live scan fingerprint. Once the results get back to us, we simply just go and uh, finish up the uh, package it up and send it to, to you for review and approval. Yeah. So with that, I just want to highlight what, what you mean by that, because this has been brought to my attention several times. And I know we've had a, several issues trying to track down those outside ones and what happened, but, and not to assign blame or, or say it's anyone's fault, but between the private companies and DOJ, that result, that approval that we end up getting is sometimes sent elsewhere. That is and so when, when Larry's telling you that we want you to do it through us, that's so we can find out where it was sent and get it back and get it sent correctly. And uh, you're right. It's impossible for us to find out sometimes. I mean, internally, they may give us an idea or they may tell us it went somewhere else, but then we're at a loss. And the, and the people blame us a little bit because they, they assume that they did their fingerprints and we should have just had them. But those, those fingerprints get sent electronically and then electronic response gets sent back whether it was an input error on the person doing it or an output error from doj coming back it went somewhere else so it's very very important to get those prints done at one of our stations uh, either with us here at admin or at bctc or one of the outlying stations and then everybody should be good so now the you mentioned it a little bit but the big elephant in the room with ccws is that good cause so a little bit for all of you out there wondering, you know, what this is and what, you're, what you have to do, uh, good cause is a requirement by the state, and we can't get away from that. 
And part of that good cause is they say that if you're going to use personal protection or self-defense or, or whatever it is, specifically how they say it, if you're going to use that, you have to explain why. And that, therein lies the problem is sometimes people don't want to explain why. And we make it simple. We try and keep it simple and say, look, just explain why. Tell us why. And that seems to be the stumbling block. That is always the stumbling block. Um, I would probably say about 90% of the individuals that actually submit an application for a permit with us um, have to submit an amended good cause. Now, you, folks can't go back into the applications because DOJ locks it once it's submitted. So it's something that they have to type out on a PDF or Word document. Um, and and we, 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 we don't tell them what to write, but we, we talk to them. We ask them questions. We, we want to know their concerns. And usually 99% of the time, they answer it, and they are able to, to type out an amended good cause. It has to be very specific. Um, another big thing is the, if it's work-related. Um, if it's work-related and you're going to be carrying a concealed weapon um, for the Sheriff's Department issuing you, we need some documents from work. It's very important. It's a liability, not just um, people think it's just the Sheriff's Department. No, it's a liability to protect the actual permit holder from when they're carrying that permit at work. So that's another big thing. Um, but good cause is always the main, main one. Um, so uh, folks usually have a good cause. We just have to uh, take some time and, and join the personal face-to-face -face interview. Yeah, in I, I will say I, I'm routinely contacted by people out in the public that have gone through our process either now or in the past and or both and how impressed they are with you and with your staff and I know there are other investigators but there's not one person that doesn't have a season we're talking 18,000 nearly 18,000 now all 18,000 know who Larry is and it's a, a testament of the of what you put into this and the pride you have in this in 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 our CCW unit, and um, the the personal touch that you put into it, uh, you're I mean obviously you're a likable guy, but that is that's relayed in the interactions that you have when they come in there, and um, we have a lot now of people that are extremely happy with with the process. I I remember I mean, even back when the time when I was a deputy, I was constantly getting you know people complaining to me as a deputy I, I, don't, I can't help you I don't know what you're talking about but there was a lot of complaints about our process and about how it worked and about how hard it was and it really isn't a hard process it's something that you have to do yourself you have to help yourself out we're here to guide you through that process but it's something that um, that certainly nobody should be worried about especially if you're an upstanding citizen absolutely we, we, we love and I speak to the public all the time and I tell them we want you to come in to see us um, it, it all starts with um, the relationship, not only with just the citizens, but other agencies. Um, my direct manager, um, Lieutenant Brian Vig, um, one of the reasons this process goes so smooth is he, he has built a relationship with the Department of Justice. Um, if, if we have an issue with getting a result of a fingerprint, um, we usually get it within a day um, because we have a relationship mm -hmm. with them. Um, so he's built such a good relationship with these agencies that in the past wouldn't even speak to us that now it, it, it not only um, helps the staff do a good job, um, and I'll give a shout out to the CCW folks, and, and not only um, just here in Riverside, but we do have that office in the Palm Desert region. Right. Um, they do an awesome job. They, they, uh, they take pride in what they do. 
Um, we average um, sometimes up to 60 interviews a day. And um, they still come to work every day with a smile and they treat the public awesome. So that's why it's just that personal, you know, feeling you have with it. Yeah, I've had tons of comments about the unit. I've never had a bad one. I've never had a bad, and I've never met anyone that has said they had a bad experience or that, uh, you know, com- there's a couple that complain they don't get them, but we give very, very detailed, there's good reasons why we don't give them sometimes. And um, I, I will say that, uh, you know, we have, we, we've taken, we've, we've had to suspend some licenses over the last couple of years. And uh, I think we revoked one just recently that for a substantial violation, but we've had several over the past three years where people have, have actually saved probably their life or someone else's life by being able to carry that gun. And, you know, that's, those are the things that you're not going to hear about in the press. They don't want you to know that someone actually did something good with a gun to save their lives or to save someone else uh, from a criminal that was going to do them harm, but it does happen. And um, for the naysayers, we don't just give them out like water and we're not standing on street corners flipping them out to the to the passerbys. Uh, I'm very, very proud of the unit that, that you that you are running, that you're operating. Um, you and Brian do a fantastic job. Our investigators are just fantastic. Um, I know you're underworked or overworked, <laughs> understaffed and overworked. And, and we're working on that because in the end, this is about the service that we're providing to our residents. And it's something that they want and it's something that we should be providing to them. And I appreciate your effort in it. And I was very excited to hear that you pulled back your retirement. So you're not going anywhere now. Wow. I didn't, I didn't hear that, but maybe it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're going to miss you for all of you that, uh, that are with, within the unit and with, uh, all of our CCW holders that, that know Larry, um, it's come that time in his career that, that family and grandkids and, and yes. wife, lovely wife are, are, uh, at the forefront of your life. And it's, time to pursue that. And so we're happy for you. I wish you wasn't, you weren't leaving because I don't know what the heck we're going to do to replace you, but, uh, you big shoes to fill. You're doing a great job there. Thank you so much. Anything you'd like to add? Did I leave anything out? Um, no, um, I, I just want to let the folks know out there that, um, we love, uh, arming good people with a concealed weapon permit. Um, please come see us. The process is very easy. Um, our staff, like I said, again, um, your investigators there in both, uh, Riverside and Palm Desert, they do an awesome job. They they are really the folks out there that are that are doing it day to day to keep this thing going. And um, I'll leave it with one thing: um, we've always kept that ninety day outlet. We've chatted about. You're not gonna. I no matter what, I will never let it go over ninety days. <laughs> Very good, and we appreciate it. I appreciate it. Our residents appreciate it. You're doing a heck of a job. The entire unit's doing a heck of a job. And again, that's the we have a unit in at BCTC here in Riverside, Ben Clark Training Center. And then we have the offsite, if you want to call it that, but we have investigators set up at the Palm Desert Station that are doing interviews out in the East Valley. So uh, we've got both ends of the county covered, and um, we're here to serve you as our resident. So if you have a CCW in mind, all you have to do is apply. We're running out of time. I want to thank you for joining us, Larry. It was a pleasure. Thank Hopefully we, we provided all of them the answers that they wanted or at least the encouragement that they wanted to apply. And with that, I will say thank you for joining us and see you all next time on the RSO Roundup.